Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. Thanks very much for freeing up the time. My name is still Paul Madat. Today, I have Joseph Gamboa. He is head of field sales in Western Canada for Peninsula Canada. Joseph, how are things, man? Been a long time. Awesome. Great to see you again, Paul. Yeah, you too. Listen, I appreciate you being here. Uh, Do me a favor. Say hi to everybody. Provide a quick intro. And then uh, we'll jump into your story. (laughs) Sounds good. Hey, everybody. My name is Joseph Gamboa, head of field sales in the West for Peninsula, Canada. Um, I'm 20 plus years in sales and leadership, father of two. Uh, In fact, my son is home with me today, six years old. old, So if he pops in as a special guest, he'll be sure to say hello as well. I love it. I love what's your son's name? Jordan. Jordan. All right, good. Well, listen, if he, he's more than welcome, that is for sure. It's the world we're in right now working from home here. So listen, Joe, I appreciate you being here. Uh, you know, as we were speaking before I hit record uh, and I get kind of give you a foundation for the podcast, it's really built on my premise of intention matters in that nothing is really given to any of us. And certainly I'm in this category as I think maybe you might be as well. Most of us in the world of sales never thought we'd even get into it let alone sustain a pretty cool career with multiple roles and opportunities. And yet here we are. And with that mm-hmm. said, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. So you want to get going? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do All it. Right, so let's go. All right. So we're going back in time here. Let's go back to early 2000s, UBC. From what I can see here, and you keep me honest, I'm not, I'm, I want to make sure I get on, I get this right. Uh, B, Bachelor of Commerce, Marketing, BCom, and so on. So Sauter School of Business, UBC. What did you graduate with? And when you did, did you have a vision at the time or were you kind of like, okay, now I got to figure it out? <laughs> uh, well, when I got into um, the solder program, it actually wasn't even called the solder program yet. So I'm dating myself now. I actually remember um, a day, might have been in my third year where we were putting up balloons and music was playing and they're cooking hot dogs and there's this celebration going on. And, and I asked the person like who was organizing this, I'm like, What's, what's going on? We were like outside of the Angus building where all the commerce classes were. And um, he said, uh, some guy named Sauter just donated $20 million and we're going to rename the school. I was like, oh, okay. Nice. So yeah, nice. so I, I actually think we're, I was part of maybe either it was the first or the second graduating class of the Sauter School of Business. Um, did I have a plan? My plan was to go there, yes. Um, it was to study marketing and get into advertising. I thought it was cool, you know, just... Knowing about Mad Men and all that kind of stuff, obviously the TV show wasn't out, but just thought advertising was cool. Right. And so I wanted to learn in there. Um, And I actually um, was lucky enough to put myself through school by having jobs throughout school. And I had all sorts of different sales jobs. I did telemarketing. Um, I I remember selling like discounted vacation packages uh, at IntroS so that, you know, people could go to these things but they had to watch timeshare presentation remember that was one of the jobs right i remember selling shoes i remember selling clothes i remember doing all of these different sales jobs uh to pay for my tuition um so i was lucky enough to graduate without a loan kids today will say that's impossible now though but i'm sure totally <laughs> yeah and, and so joseph when you did graduate did you have um, sales as a profession in in your scope at all or or were, were you pretty much said i'm going to try marketing this is what i want to do i want to do advertising mm-hmm. i want to do this and so what did you end up doing once you got out there yeah 
Um, I didn't at first. Um, and really I, I did, maybe it's, you know, the way I was uh, brought up in life, but I didn't want a, a gap. I didn't want a break. I wanted to graduate and have a job right away. That's mm. why I went to school is to get a good job. Uh, and so um, I thought about what jobs I could get at that time and what were easier for me to get really. And going to UBC and having a specialization in marketing, but also putting myself through school and sales, I didn't want to waste my degree. So I thought, oh, why don't I give selling to marketers a try? And so that's why I actually got into a company called Canada Wide Media, who was a large uh, publisher of magazines in Western Canada at the time. Um, so I, was, I basically didn't waste my degree or my experience. And I was started selling to marketers by selling advertising in print media to them. Did you find it a little bit different for you mentally now that this was your, your career, your vocation versus a job to get you through school? Like, did, did your mindset shift? Was it harder for you? Was it the same different value prop I get versus selling shoes and clothes, but the fundamentals are fundamentals. So mm -hmm. were, were you mentally uh, different, you know, given this was now your career versus just a job while you're in school? Oh yeah, certainly. Um, for those other little jobs that I had, they were like working in the mall or whatever. They were, they were my part-time job when my priority was school. But as soon as I graduated, my priority was now work. Um, and I didn't have uh, school um, weighing on my mind at all. So yeah, certainly there was a mindset shift. This, this, was, my, this was my career. And how long did you stay at uh, Canada Wide Media? Uh, overall, I was there for, I believe, seven to eight years. That's a long run. M multiple different roles in that time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, always in sales and account management. So a mixture of account management and new business development. Um, there was a stint where I actually left for uh, just a little while to try recruitment. And when that didn't work out, um, I, I asked, I remember I asked uh, who I really consider a very influential person to my career. His name is Peter Leg. I asked him, um, if you'd give me a reference, I left, sorry for leaving. It's not working out. Can you give me another reference? And he said, no, but I'll give wow. you another. Yeah. He said, but I'll give you another job. And I Good said, night. Peter, what, what job? And uh, he said, come and see me and I'll tell you. And he basically just asked me what job I wanted. And then nice. we, made it, we made it happen. Well, that's a long run. Uh, you know, when you have eight years, you know, total, with one organization right out of the gate. I mean, there are some people mm. listening or watching this right now who they can't even fathom like working for the, it doesn't seem to be the norm these days. It seems to be yeah. 18 months. You start looking and, and like the, the sense of loyalty or commitment on both sides from me, from employer to employee and employee to employer. It seems like a lot of people are, are constantly looking at, well, what's on the other side, what's greener here and there. And, and I'd love to know what was behind the decision when you did, you know, eventually leave Canada Wide Media for good. Uh, was that your decision? Was <clears> it something that did somebody find you and say, hey, we'll take a look at this? And what was it a split decision? Was it a long drawn out <laughs> thought? Because you're there for a long time. They give you your shot. And, and I'm imagining, and you keep me honest here, it couldn't have been the easiest of choices, assuming it was your choice to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was my choice to move on. Um, I'm lucky in that uh, regard. So uh, print media, I was there in 2004. I was there for about seven, eight years. You can imagine what, have ha what happened to print media at that time. Um, yeah. A lot of that marketing spend was 
you know, people weren't growing their marketing budgets, but a lot of it was shifting to, to, to web media and social and that sort of thing. That was, that was uh, what was new back then. And so we had a, it was a shrinking pie uh, and a shrinking industry, print media. So just with that uh, on my mind, I decided um, I want to grow my career. I want to advance my career. And I always had aspirations for, for leadership. It's tough to give me when the company is shrinking. Right. Um, so I had, uh, when I decided to leave, um, they kind of helped me in a way, indirectly. They didn't really know. But um, the, one of the main magazines that we published was called BC Business Magazine. And every December, they published the best employers in BC edition. Um, and I worked there for seven, eight years. I read this magazine every December. And there were, I love the, it. <laughs> there were the, the same companies in there. And so, <laughs> so when I decided to leave, this magazine came out. I'm like, okay, these guys are in it again. Uh, and it was the Flight Center Travel Group. Um, there were a couple others that were hiring at that time. There's only like a top 10. Um, but that was like the, from all the ones hiring, that was the one that I was most interested in. Um, and so uh, I went through the process with them. And uh, the ma that magazine actually directed me to do it. That is so funny that that happened. <laughs> and, you know, so here you are actually like reading the product that you are selling and it converts into your next opportunity. So when you did make the shift um, over to, so where, where was it? Did you say Flight Center? Yeah, Flight Center Travel okay. Group and uh, specifically the business division called Corporate Traveler. Gotcha. Okay. And so when they brought you over, you talked about having an aspiration for leadership. Were you an individual contributor or did they bring you on as a leader? Uh, sales at, that, manager? at that point in my career, I was an individual contributor. Um, but I do remember um, walking into their, their offices and seeing um, a sign for me. There was a, there was a poster on the wall and it said brightness of future opportunity is, is uh, uh, for anyone and everyone that deserves it. It's something along those lines. And I was like, nice. I, well, I deserve it. Let's go get it. Right. <laughs> I love it. And so what was it a, a good shift for you early on harder than you thought? Or was it like, I'm good? What was that transfer? Like, because all you knew mm. was Canada wide media for the most part. Yeah. And now you're in a completely different space. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, certainly there's there's new things, uh, learning curves as everybody um, encounters in a new experience, um, roadblocks and the need to persevere through them. Uh, certainly that occurred. But one of the things that always kept me going was uh, just the positive team culture, um, the culture of recognition and reward at that organization. It was something that, you know, I really drank the Kool-Aid right from the beginning. Uh, and that carried me through any struggles that I had. Um, I wanted to be recognized so badly that I put in those, the hard work, the hard hours so that I was recognized and promoted in the end. How long did the promotion take? Uh, my first promotion was in five months. In five months. What? That's pretty fast. Mm. I mean, pretty fast. And so you, you were promoted from salesperson to sales manager. Uh, so they had an interesting, it was almost like assistant sales manager. Okay. Okay. Uh, your, your first opportunity to be in that role, you know, anybody who is a regular listener of this podcast knows my story. And that is I was a sales manager at Xerox and I was just, so ineffective just <laughs> i was just it just was you know i i didn't i didn't obviously try to be but i just you know i made the mistake of leading from the mindset of well joseph this is how i did it in territory so this is how you should do it in territory and it was just it was a total disaster right and, and because they're totally different jobs like they're totally different skill sets mindset objectives people think well you become a salesperson sales manager and leader 
it's not the same job at all. And so did you like it right away? Was it a bigger learning curve than you thought? Or was it like, no, I'm home now. This is good. Um, parts of it, yes, were home, but parts of it weren't. Um, because I was promoted so quickly, um, there, were, <laughs> there were people on the team who were there longer um, with more tenure, probably more, um, more success in terms of deals and closed one opportunities, that sort of thing. And I was the one promoted really fast. So parts of it felt right, but other parts I had to navigate, um, I had to deal with that difficulty. And so were you leading those that were uh, on the Friday, your peers on the same team, and now Monday, you're the team leader? Uh, not necessarily, not in this role. No. So this role is okay. more like a, a lead by example type role. So the sales management promotion probably came um, after this promotion, maybe like 12 to 15 months after. Gotcha. Okay, good. And, and how long was your tenure uh, at Corporate Traveler? Uh, just over nine years, I believe, almost 10. Wow. Okay, so I make sure I get my math right here. So almost eight years with your first company with a bit of a, um, you know, a switch in there, but for the most part, eight years. Now almost 10 years, I imagine multiple roles within those 10 years as well? Yeah, I, I think maybe like six, seven different roles six, in those 10 years. Wow. Something like that. Maybe more like always, six. always out west in, in Vancouver. Yes, uh, but uh, some national roles, but based okay. in the west. All right. So I have to ask you, um, what was behind the decision to leave after a decade, mm. or pretty close to, where I imagine yeah. you've established some great relationships and rapport? And mm. I, I don't know the company that well, but. I got to think there's probably some runway, no pun intended, for you to, uh, <laughs> nice. for you to, to keep growing within the company. And so yeah. talk to me about the decision to move on. Was it yours again? Yes. Yes, it, it was, was mine. And especially now, really lucky given what happened to the travel industry in COVID. Uh, so um, very tough decision. Thankfully, there's a lot of the people that um, I came to know and like and call friends that are still friends. Um, so I still have those ties. Uh, but the decision to leave, um, you know, I went from a print media industry to a travel agency model, you know, on paper, future outlooks for certain industries don't look that bright. Right. Um, so uh, um, I, I really wanted to make it a, a good decision to pick something that was growing and an evidence of growth. Uh, and uh, uh, HR outsourcing is one of those things. I did a lot of research and things that not only are growing, but things that I liked. And um, I, I made the decision that I wanted to go into HR outsourcing. Uh, and when I made that decision, I found uh, Peninsula. Um, and it actually had a lot, a lot more that was in line with that, what I was looking for. Um, it, it had a lot of um, congruency with um, the Flight Center story in, in that it was established um, in another country with a strong founder, um, and, it, and it's grown globally. Uh, and, but in Canada, it's relatively new. So we're only five years in Canada started in Toronto and then we then mm. expanded into the West. And I always wanted to be part of an orga organization just like this, that is stable. You know, we have good deep pockets, um, but new in Canada where we have the ability to mold shape, still have that right. entrepreneurial feel, but still backed by a stable organization and able to benefit from that global organization. I always wondered what it would be like to be part of flight center and corporate traveler in the, er, <clears throat> excuse me, in the early days. I never got to. I joined it when it was mature. So right. I sort of get that now. And it's really exciting. We make things happen. And when did you make the shift? Um, it's, it's been about 11 months now. 
that have been okay. Wow. Okay. So, so, okay. So we're recording this in March of 22 and Mm. we're actually coming up on like right around like the two year mark when the world in Canada pretty much shut down. And so I'd love to know, you know, it's funny with COVID there were some companies that flourished. The value proposition became strong. People really needed their services and revenues went up. I got to think that in your space, it was not that at all. And here you have the government saying, stay home, don't travel, don't go anywhere. And your whole world is get out there and travel. And and so I'd love to know how you managed, you know, like the the final year of your time, uh, you know, at Corporate Traveler and Flight Center, given kind of the circumstances that were just completely out of your control like it wasn't as if your company was a bad company or your value proposition was no longer strong it was it was totally you're mm-hmm. almost i hate to use the word victim but it's almost like you're a victim of this and so how did you get through that final year i'd love to know um really had to stay positive one of the things that i mentioned and why i went to the organization was the strong team culture and certainly a lot of that carried us through you know, it's a, it was like many organizations, one of those cultures where it's an in-office culture, right? And then we had to go work from home. So a lot of the, those relationships, those, um, those experiences that we had together re- really carried us through those hard times. Um, and so uh, I remember those being, that being the most valuable thing that carried us through those bonds, those relationships that we, that were so strong. And I, I just, think about the, or the people that had to onboard during COVID and how, how difficult to, to get that right uh, is. And so just that, that thought process, that mindset, um, I really brought that into my new company on how to properly incorporate people to really feel like they're part of a team in this remote world. And I feel like that's something that we've been able to get right here at Peninsula Canada. So uh, that's something, something I'm proud of. Uh, but just to go back to your earlier question, um, one of the things that I really needed because it's part of my why, I really need to grow, whether it's as a person or an organization. I really love building a culture, building a team, finding the right people for it, um, making sure they started at a certain level, but help them elevate to a new level um, and working with, with an, within an industry that is trying to survive doesn't give that opportunity to work on what I'm so passionate about. And that's helping organizations and people grow. So I got, I get to do it now. And, and so what, where do you think that comes from? Like that, that interest in building and, and growing it was, was that instilled in you in a very young age from family, friends? I mean, where do you think that comes from? Cause not everybody has that. That's a good question. And the only thing I can think of is that it's just in me. Like, I don't, I don't know if I was taught to do that or like, why is that my why? Why do I care so much about finding people and helping them be the best person yeah. they can be? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's, it gets me out of bed for sure. It's what I pride myself in. Um, if, if you've looked on my LinkedIn page, you'll see there's a lot of positive recommendations on there. And like, it's just knowing like being, I'm very thankful that I've been put in positions where, I can give back to these people and help them grow. Where does it come from? I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about, I'm curious about the, the, the photo behind you. For those listening on this, they can't see it, but there's a, there's a great picture behind Joseph right now of Kobe Bryant with a quote. I can't really catch the whole thing, but uh, does, I can, uh, does I can read it out. It yeah. says uh, Mamba mentality. It's a constant quest to try to be a better today than you were yesterday and better tomorrow than you were the day before. So, yeah, it's, it's really important. This is a journey that I really 
uh, believe in for all my reps. Um, everybody should be in competition with themselves and getting better. And everybody's at a different part of their journey. So sometimes those comparisons are unfair. You know, you shouldn't, a new rep shouldn't compare to your most tenured rep in certain situations and they shouldn't right. follow everything they do to a T. And, you know, we have, um, everybody has goals and quotas and sales. Um, and for me, as long as someone continually improves every day, every week, every month, and their, their numbers are getting better, their performance is getting better. That's what matters. Just keep getting better. You know, Joseph, it's been great speaking to you. I mean, I want to try and, and kind of summarize the, the story here because it's been, you've had great runs here. You know, we go back to UBC, you graduate with a degree in marketing, the Sauter School of Business. You're there for the groundbreaking, it feels like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's this guy Sauter with this massive <laughs> check? But thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> then you end up getting your, your, your you know, your BCom in marketing. And you put yourself through school, which is not uncommon, but it's not the most common thing either. Some kids come out of school just littered in debt. Mm. And then you almost think, well, is it even worth going? And that, that's a whole other conversation. You put yourself through school. You, 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 get some, you have some sales jobs at the time. It's not really in your scope that this is my career as a sales professional, mm. but you get the foundation. You get into uh, a Canada-wide media, media sales great run, a little stint in recruiting. It's not really for you. You come back eight years there. Uh, you find the travel industry almost 10 years there as well. You battle what I have to think in your space is probably the most challenging time for that industry, at least in our lifetimes ever. You manage through it. You go through it for a year. You make the decision to bet on yourself again. You find Peninsula. I, Peninsula. I loved your comment around you feel like you're working for a bit of a startup because it's somewhat newer in Canada and yet you are backed by a, more of a global presence. Mm -hmm. So it kind of allows you to plant your flag, do some stuff, having that nimble feeling to it, but you've got like a powerhouse behind you. Exactly. And you, your dad, you know, husband, and it's just, uh, you know, pretty cool to, for you to share your story. So I appreciate you being here, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Paul. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. All right, everybody, let's wrap up this episode right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because as I say, that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. And I hope I don't insult Joseph with this, but let's go Leafs. <laughs>